morning, everyone. You are listening to Two Moms on a Couch. I'm Hannah. And I'm Christina. And today, actually, we're talking about money, which is a Yay. really broad topic, but it's something that both of us realize we really enjoy talking about. <laughs> and there are so many different things you could talk about when it comes to money. Um, I, you know, I know that, so money makes the world go around. You need it when you have kids, you know, no matter what anybody thinks about it. And I think that unfortunately too many women or moms don't think enough about it and how to set themselves up for success in the future. Um, and I know you and I had talked about this. There's a, there's different ways to do it, right? There's your career and work and how you set up like earnings in a family and not, not all women work outside the home and that's perfectly fine. Um, and then there's also like, how you think about money, what value you attribute to it. Cause a lot of people realize, and this is something I learned when I was doing um, financial coaching, which is a lot of people realize the need to have access to money, but still think very negatively about it. And when you look at like the images in society and what the message sort of that is, um, communicated about money, wanting it even, um, you know, thinking about it, especially as a woman, it's all negative. You know, there's, there's all these phrases, money is the root of all evil, um, all these thoughts that people have. And there, a lot of them are subconscious, um, that, you know, most people, and I, I, I had a coaching business, which I may or may not come back to at some point doing exactly this, which is money mindset, and like, you know, thinking about financial planning, not, not actually planning financial planning, but just thinking about money and how you set yourself up. Um, and it just seems to me that from all of my interactions in that business, that women especially attribute so many negative connotations to thinking, even thinking about money about having it, about trying to increase wealth, build, you know, financial cushion, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely think so. Money, it's like always been like this taboo topic, yes. right? It's like, you're not allowed to talk about money or it's like distasteful to talk about money. You right. shouldn't talk about how much money you make or how much money and religion, cost. right? And, <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's like, you know, we're, we're taught that like and in, in inundated with that growing up. So, you know, of course we're going to have these negative connotations when it comes to money. But the thing is like people who do have money are not the people who are shying away from talking about it. You know, they are openly talking about their, exactly. their money, their assets and their, you know, next ventures and, you know, how much money they want to amass. And, you know, I think that I completely agree with you, like all of the different like phrases and these limiting beliefs that we hear about money, you know, it being the root of all evil or money doesn't buy you happiness and right. all of those different things. Well, there's some truth in that because too much of a good thing is going to, you know, spoil it for the rest of us. I get it. But those outliers, like the folks who are kind of taking it to the extreme and turning it into a negative, like doesn't apply to the rest of us. So I've, you know, kind of lost my train of thought there. <laughs> well, but here's, but here's the thing. Like I, I personally believe that money doesn't 
changing money doesn't do anything. All it does is give people the freedom to be who they really yeah. are. So if you, yeah. if you are evil, you know, like people say money is the root of all evil. If you are evil internally, yeah. money's going to bring that out because without yes. money, you have to, you have to guard that part of yourself a lot more because yeah. you need to get stuff done. Right. And yeah. You know, and, and I think like I have talked to a lot of women, a lot of moms and their biggest struggle, especially in situations where they're in an unhappy relationship, they don't have control over their life. It's because they do not have money. They don't have the ability to pick up and yeah. leave an abusive situation. For example, they don't have the ability yeah to walk away from a job that is horrible, right? Yeah. Because they haven't, because there's no, there's no, we have not taught people in general in this society what to do with money. Like this whole idea of like the American dream and a home and a white picket fence is all, I'm sorry to say this, bullshit, all of yeah. it. Um, yeah. that's not the American dream is to have the freedom to be able to make choices about your life. That's what yeah. should be the American dream. Not Completely I'm going to go buy a house and get stuck to something that costs me money every month and ties me to whatever life I've chosen to live at that moment. Cause life changes yeah. things 100%, happen all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I completely agree with that. Like in terms of the American dream, like it is so much more about opportunity than it is yeah. about the capitalism, the consumerism. And we've turned it to make it be so much about the consumerism, about having the biggest, the nicest house on the block exactly. and having the 2.5 children and all of that. And that's not what it is. Like, this is supposed to be the land of the, the free. And listen, we've gotten it wrong in a lot of areas in history, but <laughs> that freedom and choice, the right to open a business, whether you are a man or a woman and you know the progress that we've made over time, I 100% agree, like yeah. that's the American dream. And I mean, I think we're, we're jumping right into the deep end, like about, <laughs> you know, talking about like that freedom to leave like an abusive yeah. relationship. But I think that's so important. Listen, I don't care, man, woman, however you want to identify as it is so unbelievably important, even if you're in the relationship or in a marriage right now, that you're not the primary breadwinner or, you know, your spouse is the one who brings in the dollars and you're at home or whatever, however that's set up, even if that's the circumstance right now, it's so important from a mindset perspective, in my opinion, to know that you can financially support yourself and be willing to put in yeah. that effort to make it happen. Because like you said, anything can change and, you know, a marriage can dissolve. It could turn, you know, unhealthy. You could want to leave yeah. a relationship but having that that grit and that mindset of, okay, well, this stopped working out. So now I have to be able to provide for myself, but not only provide for myself, my child as well, but not only provide for myself and my child, but also thrive as well. That mindset is so, so important. And I feel like, you know, to your point, especially, you know, women, unfortunately, we're not taught to have that provider or that, you know, I can handle things mentality. Which is ironic, so right? Because in this day and age, we we're handling I, things. I, I don't remember the statistic, but I remember reading somewhere that like 50% of women are the main providers, like the main breadwinners in their households. Yeah. Uh, 
Like there, there's larger number of women that are out earning men as a general rule now in 2023 yeah. than there ever has been in the history of, you know, ours, you know, young nation. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and our mindset hasn't caught up. Like we're, we're finding ourselves. It's really interesting. Cause if you, if you watch social media, which I don't always, you know, that's not a good measure all the time, but if you watch sort of the trend of frustrations that women are expressing, it's this frustration that look, we're earning as much money. We're still doing all the like child rearing and, and home care, and we're not getting any help, but they're not thinking about, okay, how do I set it up so that my life works the way I need it to. Right. And this is not, and it's not just about leaving, you know, a, a relationship that doesn't work anymore. It's even as a family, how do you set yourself up so that if something happens to the main provider, whether it's you or your spouse, your yeah. family's still okay. <laughs> yep. That too. Yep. Um, like we we're right now we're, this is the get, this is what I see as the gap between like the super like wealthy, successful folks and the people who are like middle income. And that's gap is widening. The gap is that those who are super wealthy, they're, they're not, they're not earning based on the time, like the hours in the day, like they're not going to a job and getting paid for their time at that job. Yeah. They are, their income isn't dependent on that. So if they take a vacation or if they don't go to work one day or they get sick or something, their income doesn't suffer significantly, right? Mm -hmm. Like they, they still have streams of income that are earning. Um, so like, you know, I think we talked on the last podcast about education and sort of like what happened around the industrial revolution revolution and how our system is set up. I think the reality is that we have taken the entrepreneurial spirit out of what was the fabric of our country and have yeah. moved it into this, like, you know, peons in a clog of that is the corporate world, which I don't have anything against the corporate world. I work in it. Um, I think it, uh, it's a great, I love working for the company I work for, but you know, our family has made the decision to use the income I do make to put it into investments that will continue to generate income going forward. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. And we're not going to talk about what's the best way here. That's, yeah. that's not what we're, that's not our purpose. Um, but yeah. And I think like, it's interesting because you and I talked a little bit before, like you left the corporate world to start a consulting business. And I think that's fantastic because that's given you a certain amount of freedom and control over your time to make choices, like be able to homeschool or be able to spend time with your kid as you need it. Yeah. Well, you know, and so like so many, so many things there, like one, like I completely agree, like in terms of I guess cultivating children, right, who go through the public school system or even private school, honestly, like, you know, it's really just getting them ready to follow orders. You know, I think you mentioned that before in like one of our first conversations, but like, you know, be able to follow some orders in, in the corporate world to be able to sit at a desk for eight hours a day and, you know, 40 hours a week or, you know, more than that and, you know, feel like 
everything is riding on getting their job done when at the end, like in a lot of cases, you know, the world's not going to fall apart if that job doesn't get done, or there might be a more efficient way for that job to get done. Right. But I think, I do think that some people would thrive like in the environment, like they, they need that boss or they don't want to have to deal with all of the things that go along with running and managing a business. But I think that those people still need the life skills, right? Yeah. Still need to be taught, well, this income that you do get from the corporate world, you know, from your job, this is what you need to do with it. Right. If you want to make a change in your life, well, this is the work, this is the effort that you have to put in to be able to make that change. Like that piece, that hunger, you know, and that, you know, willingness or the ability to figure things out, even if you're working in the corporate world, I think that's kind of the the thing that's been lost, you know? And I think it's so important to have conversations like these, not only for adults, but also for, for kids, right? So that they can be brought up, like continuing to have that in the back of their mind so that if they ever need to tap into that, that ability to figure things out, then they are able to like in the later years and so that they can set themselves up for success when it comes to, to money. And, you know, I completely agree. Like the folks who are financially free, you know, will say like their, their line um, time is not tied to their money. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, they could be out for a month, but they're still bringing in money and they have, you know, multiple streams of, of income. And I think it's like on average, what you're supposed to have seven streams of income, yeah. um, you know, or something minimum. like that. <laughs> yeah, at a minimum. Right. And like, and it's, you know, because like if one dries up and especially if, you know, a couple of those do require you to trade your time for money, well, you still have the other ones to, um, to back you up or to support right. you. And, you know, I think it's really important in this day and age that, many of those streams of income are, you know, what's called passive income. And we'll, well, and we'll probably have clear, to do- Passive does not mean you get to just set it and forget it. There is no such thing yeah. as truly passive income, no matter what anybody tells you. <laughs> yeah. And I think we'll have to do like a completely separate like conversation yeah. about like passive income. Um, but, you know, there are high passive income things and then there are low passive income things. And I classify those as, yep. you know, highly passive is <clears throat> something that you have to do some initial work to get it set up and maybe a little tiny bit of um, maintenance on a monthly basis. But really, once you do the initial work, it is going to work for you um, down the road. So something like investing in large cap. Uh, cap stocks where, you know, you can trust that the company is going to be there for a while and you just kind of automatically set up your bank to dollar cost average, like over the course of a year and you collect the dividends. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's pretty, pretty passive. Or if you create an online course, you have to put in a lot of work up front to get that course, um, you know, created. It's a lot of effort and energy, but you can put it on a platform and, you know, maybe do some social media content or, you know, maybe you hit a home run and you did a YouTube video that gets millions and millions of views and keeps going for the next few years. And then, hey, that's a highly passive income stream. But then there are like really low passive income streams, something like doing a a podcast, honestly, or yeah. um, doing a um, or doing a YouTube channel that hasn't quite hit its stride yet. Yeah, yeah. you can make some income on a, a regular basis, but you have to keep on making content on a regular basis too. Yeah. So, 
I think it's really important to think about, well, how can you diversify your, your income streams? You know, people talk about diversifying a portfolio when it comes to stocks. Well, it's just as important to look at it from an income perspective as well. Yes. So if your primary source of income is the one where you're trading your time for, for money, like a, you know, a job, a nine to five, well, what else can you do on the side that might not take quite as much time? You know, yeah. that takes you, you know, two to four hours a week, but is able to generate you some income. And then what else can you do maybe on the weekends right. where, you know, you can bring in a little bit more income and starting to think and look like that, but then take it a step further to say, well, what am I going to do with that extra income that's coming in? You know, exactly. because you don't want it to get absorbed into the regular right. day-to-day. You don't want to squander it. And I feel like that's what happens a lot of times. We yeah. end up squandering. Well, uh, squ- yeah, people yeah. increase their standard of living. Exactly. Um, they- and they like start yeah. getting stuff that creates a, a cost or a tax on, yeah. on their lifestyle income. creep. Well, yeah. and it's really important. Like, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, like as a mom, there are times like I want to get my kids everything. Like I want them to have like more comforts and like access to things. I'm not worried about things necessarily, but like, I want them to have access to like classes and you know activities and experiences and I think it's sometimes it's hard to figure out like what is something that's going to enrich their life and what is something that's just sort of extra right because I don't like from what I've seen you could spend every penny on like activities and things for your kids and still have other things to give them right like other stuff to spend on them yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. Like, I think, I think there definitely is like a fine line, you know, with that. Um, you know, I'm somebody like when I, you know, became a mom, you know, I, I did okay. Like I've always had a hard, like a, a big work ethic and I've always mm-hmm. been a hard worker and, um, enjoyed you know, like working. I've always aspired to be an entrepreneur. Um, like I just knew, like, even from when I was a teenager, that's the path that I wanted to go in. Um, I'm not good at being an employee. I'm not good at being told what to do, like just being completely straight up. If I, if you tell me to do something, but I feel like there's a little bit more of an efficient way to do it, I'm going to do my way and not the way you told me to. And, you know, while listen, that quality also made me incredibly successful in the corporate world so I'm not gonna sit here and act like but I'm still not particularly employable you know what I mean um because it's like I don't I don't want to be chained to you like I I just don't I want to do my Mm -hmm. own thing I want freedom and flexibility in my time um but you know I was doing okay but when I realized that you know I was you know a, a mom that really kicked me into high gear because I didn't want my little one to not have you know opportunities so I I guess like my, my mantra is like, I I would not say no to my child just because I couldn't afford it. And that was really important to me. Um, I'm okay with saying no to my kid. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think no is really healthy and really important for children to hear um, because the world is full of no. And then it's, well, what do you do after you hear a no? Right. Yeah. How do you handle hearing? Exactly. Yeah. And like understanding, you know, why a no is a no and all of that stuff, which we can talk about too. Yeah. But um, that really kicked me into high gear. Um, You know, when I had my little one, how old was I? 22, I think I was 22 when I had him. Yes. 
Okay. Um, I'm not mathing well right now, but I was 22 when I had my little one. It is six o'clock and, in the morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> so 22 when I had him. And I think um, I was making, I want to say like my base salary was about $40,000 a year when I was, when my son was like just before turning um, one, but I was also bringing in bonuses and commissions and, you know, different things like that, but really all in, I was making maybe $55,000 a year. So, you know, not a bad income, but nothing amazing either. But, you know, with the whole marriage thing not working out and stuff like that and just knowing that I wanted to give my little one opportunity you know I got to work and unfortunately the path that I went in was in the corporate world but I'm thankful for it because you know I learned and I grew a lot by you know learning how to take control of my career but I guess demand it of the corporate world essentially so I, I went in like just a couple of short years from making that you know 45 to or 40 to $55,000 to, you know, making six figures by the time I was 25. And I think, and a big part of that was because, you know, like you, I wanted to be able to give those experiences to my little one. And I always have, but for me, experiences are more like, Hey, let's go out and do things. Let's go to Disney. I want to have Disney passes, you know, and people can, you know, think whatever they want about that. But that's what I want to have. If if it makes people feel better, think about some other like, yeah, that that you like. Like we have all the parks. Yeah, you know what I mean. We we have all the parks, and and that to me is like really really important. Is like okay on the weekends, we always have something to do. We can go to Bush Gardens. We can go to Sea World. We can go to Universal. We can go to Disney. We can go whatever it is. We always have something to do, and that was always my mentality. Like ever since he was about, you know, two and a half, three, I want to always have something to do. We are going to go to the zoo. I'm going to, you know, spend my money on these types of passes that give me access to things for my kid to do. And I know that there is also the sports and the things like that. And, you know, we've done that. I did the kitty soccer and, um, and I, you know, tried to get him to try soccer again when he was older or, Um, martial arts and karate and we've dabbled in all the different things and I definitely want my kid to be able to try it but if you don't want to stick with it if you're not passionate about it I'm not forcing you to do it you know and I think it's really important to just have the income or use your money to give children experiences because that's how they learn and that's how I feel like it's giving them a little bit of an advantage to figure out well where do I want my life to go you know, later on, because it's really just trial and error. Like even as an adult, everything is trial and error. You can think that you want to be a doctor and you can go through undergrad, you can go through medical school, you can go through residency, (laughs) you can become a doctor and then you can get on the job officially and you can absolutely hate it because it's, you know, compassion fatigue and all that stuff. And then you're like, well, I feel like I'm stuck with it, but no, you're not. Yeah. you're not you can I mean, that happens, at any time. that happens to a lot of lawyers as you know yeah. it's all well and good when you're in law school and they're talking about like you know freedom and you know all the yeah. ideals that but are when you're really ideals. doing the work yeah. and all that admin that goes along with the lawyer job yes. that a lot of people don't <laughs> talk about there's so much administrative work with with yeah. being a lawyer so much research so much writing that goes on behind the scenes yeah. and then you get into the work and you're like no I don't want to do this this is not 
what was glamorized and and what I visualized my life looking like. So I feel like the more that, you know, kids get those opportunities to try things and be able to say, well, this isn't right for me, but I want to see what I learned from this, see what I did like and apply it to something new is so advantageous because you have to do that as an adult too. Right. I don't know. I guess that's kind of how I see like spending my money, like where, where it's worth it. And right. we can try a million and one different things. And I, I'm not going to look at it as like a waste of money because yeah. it's as long as we can have a conversation about it and understand like, you know, where to go from here, why it didn't work out. Like I'm, yeah. I'm good. But when it comes to like more of the material things. Yeah. <laughs> eh, like, I'm, you know, like, is that really, and I think love languages are important here, like, you know, Gary Chapman, the five love languages, I think even as children, they have their specific love languages, but for a lot of kids, they just want things, things because, yeah. you know, um, but, you know, love so languages, how do you, I think. So how do you um, handle, like, I, I know how we handle things, but like, as you said, kids, especially when they're younger, I think they have a harder time of grasping like the value of ex- like they enjoy experiences but they still want stuff right they still want things especially when they go to school or when they interact with other kids and the kids tell them about whatever toy right yeah we I don't tend, know. We I... tend not to buy a ton of stuff like we don't yeah. we we spend money on books and on like things that they can do that will develop their mind but what do you do Yeah. Well, I mean, I still kind of buy a good amount of stuff for my kids, to be honest, because like I was saying, like with love languages, like my, my little one is definitely, you know, gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, like, you know, those are really, really up there for them. So, and gift doesn't have to necessarily cost money. Um, You know, it can be me making something for him um, Mm -hmm. and he'll appreciate that. But I know gifts are important to him, like as a love language, because he's at the age where, I can understand and see that and we can have conversations about that. So I do buy a good amount of stuff. It just depends on what the stuff is. You know, I'm the type of person who like, if it's a birthday and my kid is so unbelievably organized, like he'll send me an, um, an Apple note with links (laughs) and everything with what he like wants for like hilarious. And I'm like, like you are totally speaking my love language right now because this is amazing, you know what I mean I'm like ah. so I'm like well I'm just gonna buy everything on that list right like I'm like I'm not yeah. gonna not and like it's not like there's 50 things on the list like there's 20 or less so right. and like that to me and there it's you know I'm like why not it's your birthday but like when it comes to like going out um you know like to the stores and different things like that I'm like a, you know, maybe one or two things a weekend type of person. Maybe it's nothing for the weekends. But there's always a why, you know, like if it's a no on something, then it's like, well, you know, why is it a no? You know, if it's because it's something that's, I don't know, like $75 and I'm not just going to pick that up as a one-time thing, I'm going to say, well, you know, that's more of something that you you know, might want to put on your birthday list or, you know, for a special occasion or, um, you know, that you might, might want to tell Santa about, you know, yeah. but if it's like, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I guess like every weekend, I, it's usually weekends if we're going out, like I, I always 
ensure that there is a little bit of spending money, discretionary money that, you know, if he wants something that I'm just going to get it to him right now, he's like super into uh, mini brands. Um, I don't know if you've heard of I don't even know what that is. (laughs) Yeah, they like collect them and um, they're like these little balls. You buy them and it has like five different surprises in them. And they literally look like miniature food. I don't even, I don't have an example here, but it's like, um, you know, hot dogs, you know what I mean? Like Oscar Mayer hot dogs and they look like Oscar Mayer hot dogs, but they're like itty bitty and they're collectible. And it's fun, you okay. know, it's, it's cool and it, it's fun and it's, you Hilarious. know, you want to try to fill up your entire collector's guide. So, you know, if we're out and he's like, hey, can I get one of these? Yeah, go on, go ahead, just one, um, you know, but of course I'm also going to buy the books and the stuff, but I don't, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm not a good person to answer that question because I do indulge. I don't overindulge, but I do indulge and I, I don't know. I just feel like that's, you know, part of my job is to make sure that he has he's well-rounded you know what I mean um well yeah I don't know so that brings me like you said discretionary income so that brings me to another question which is um are have you taught your your son about money and at what age and does he have like his own for the purposes of you know understanding how it works and sort of yeah so We've talked about money, I want to say for maybe the last three years or so was like when we've had like the active conversations about money, okay. um, you know, especially because I'm somebody who I love budgeting and I know that's weird. No, but I love it, by the way. <laughs> yeah, like I think it's great. Um, it's so much fun. So, you know, I do. I chat with him about that. And what I love about homeschool is that, you know, we can bring that into homeschooling like that can be part of our curriculum and I even you know told him that there's a very specific way that I purchase groceries and I'm like well you know as part of homeschool I'm gonna have you manage the groceries and we'll or you know to an extent yeah but (laughs) because we do need things but you know like to to help you learn but we do we have conversations about money he's um he earns you know money and has his own money and sometimes how does he earn earn money i'm curious um so it's a little bit weird but i'm all about entrepreneurship yeah so um i would talk to my kid you know and this is when we first started having conversations about um, money And I'm like, well, I mean, you've got to figure out a way to start bringing money back in. You can't just spend everything that you have. And naturally my little one wants to save his cash, which I love. (laughs) Um, You know, that's, that's his natural tendency. But when he wants what he wants, I mean, of course he's tempted to buy just like we all are. Um, But I was like, well, if you're going to spend, you know, $5, whatever it was, how are you going to replace that $5? And better yet, how are you going to replace it with maybe $10? Like, what are some things that you can do? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, well, you know, clean up my toys and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you should probably do that just because you care about your toys. I don't think you're going to earn money for that, yeah. you know, like in terms of an allowance or whatever. Right. Um, and then he's like, well, um, I don't know, maybe clean something else that isn't mine. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's fair. Like, what else could you do? And then he's like, well, maybe I can sell art. And I'm like, hey, now we're talking, (laughs) you know, I'm like, here we go. So, um, 
he actually designs his own like stickers um and you know he'll design them on his ipad and then i'll print them out onto sticker paper and if you guys are watching the youtube video you can see i've got the cry cut here and a silhouette back here and the printer but um then I'll, I'll go ahead and get them onto the sticker paper and cut them out. And I'm like, eventually you have to learn the software yourself um, yeah. so that you can do like from start to finish. Um, and then he'll, he'll sell stickers like to, you know, family, friends, random people. Oh, that's great. Um, he's just, yeah. he sells them in person or does he have like a social media and sell them online type of thing? in person and that's actually our goal like this year and we can do it as part of homeschool which is amazing (laughs) um is to like get his own website up and running and um you know create a youtube channel where he shows some of that process and stuff like that so um so yeah i'm i'm all about the entrepreneurship so i i don't do a traditional allowance i'm like no like use your skills and you know (laughs) sell something (laughs) I love that. You know, that's one of the things that we talked about with my son, who the older one, and um, he actually has a YouTube channel because I wanted him to know from an early age that he can figure out a way to earn money to build a life for himself doing anything he wants. And, you know, there's not the same limit. I'm not going to say limitations because there were never the same limitations, but there are so many opportunities now with social media, which I didn't have growing up like that. That just wasn't a thing. It wasn't even an option. Yeah. Um, and so like he loves to build Legos and we talked about, all right, how can we use building Legos to try to build something else that yeah. will generate, you know, any kind of income, um, any kind of money. And so he started a YouTube channel that where like, I mean, I'm doing a lot of the work of videotaping him building these Legos um, and I haven't got all the videos up, but like we started sort of doing this same conversation that you had, like when you spend money, how do you replace it? Like what's going to happen when you run out? Like, are you keeping track? Um, You know, I, I don't, my son's really good. He, he saves, but when he does spend, like he spends on himself and his sister. Aww, so like there have, there have been times where I will, like, he says like, mom, I want to get, you know, whatever it is I want to get. We were at the zoo and he wanted to get some bubble wand or whatever. And I told him like, I'm, I'm not in a, I'm not going to get that. That's not, that's not in our budget for this weekend. But if you want to, you can. And he said, yeah, I want to get it for me and for Sophia, which, you know, your heart melts when you hear that. <laughs> yeah. That's so sweet. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but so like, so he got that and now like he's, you know, it, it was expensive. It was like $25 each. So he's like 50 bucks down from his like, you know, his little stash. And so like we talked about, all right, so how do you replace that? Like what, what's going to happen if you keep spending and keep buying things with that, but you're not putting anything back in, right? And like yeah. starting to understand, oh, it's gonna go away. So how do I, yeah. how do I like put back into it? We talked about yeah. a lot of different things. We talked about the YouTube business. We even talked about like buying, like going to Walmart and buying like 24 pack of water bottles and going to the beach and reselling and them and reselling water bottles for a dollar each, right? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think that's so important, you know what I mean? Like to have these conversations now and that it doesn't have to be the traditional path, right? Like you're not limited by like 
you know, thinking about being a doctor or a lawyer or, a, you know, whatever else, you know what I mean? Like just like those traditional jobs that have typically been talked about. Yeah, you can make money in so many different ways. And it's so, um, so yeah. important to think about. Now, well, I like also like what you said there, like when it, you know, he's asking to get this bubble wands and like the phrase that you used was, you know, it's not in our budget this weekend. And that I think is so powerful because that's the exact same thing that I will say like to, um, you know, my little one, when it's like a no-go on something that he's asking for, yeah. I'm like, nope, that's not in the budget um, for, for right now. Like you can wait or you can, you know, get it yourself. Um, yeah. But usually like if it's, you know, if I say it's not in the budget, then he's like, yeah, okay, cool. But I think, <laughs> you know, he's like, whatever, it's fine. Um, yeah. But, and then that, you know, tells him too, like, okay, well, if it's something I really want, I'm actually willing to part with some of my precious right. dollars to pay for that. And, right. you, know, I, you know, he feels it a little bit more and I think that's important. But um, I think saying it like that is, is really, really important. It's not just saying no, yeah. you know, it's not just saying, no, I'm not, I'm not going to buy that for you because then that feels crappy for the kid. Yeah. Um, and it's not oh. just a no without like any, any reasoning. It's like, it's not in the budget. And it also helps students to, to learn up and understand like, well, if things don't fit in the budget, I don't buy them. Right. You know, I, well, I, I'm I, responsible with my finances. Right. Well, and I think it's important to, to talk about, which is just because something's not in the budget doesn't mean you can't afford it. That's a different message. <laughs> All right, folks. So we definitely said a lot more about uh, this topic and uh, it turned out to be pretty long. So what we decided to do was break this up into two episodes. We're going to end this one right here and then we will pick up in the next episode. Stay tuned. Thanks, everyone.